From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's my joy to welcome you today. It's Friday, and of course, we're looking forward to the weekend. I hope you have big plans to go to church Sunday morning and Sunday night. And let me announce while I'm talking about that, that I'm scheduled to be at the Tri-County Baptist Church in Sonoya, Georgia. That's in the southwest sector of the greater Atlanta area, and look forward to being there. I've been in the church there with Pastor Anderson uh, for more than 30 years every year, and we've just had many, many great meetings there, and we certainly look forward to this one starting Sunday morning and continuing through Tuesday night. Now, at the same time, let me say to those of you who listen to us every day, we are looking at some of the folks who hear us at various places around the world, and today I want to give a salute to all of our Canadian listeners. We have noticed on the websites and the uh, social media outlets that we're on that there are hundreds of uh, listeners in the Canadian provinces, and we are delighted to welcome every one of you, our neighbors to the north, and we're just delighted that you've joined us today, and I hope you'll tell your family, your friends, neighbors about the broadcast and uh, get them on board as well. Now, we've been looking uh, this week at a number of key texts in the early chapters of the book of Acts, and today we're into chapter 2, and I want to address the subject, Is This That? Now, you'll see what I'm talking about momentarily. In chapter 2 and verse 4, the Bible says, And they, talking about the 120 members of the Jerusalem church, were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 16 of that second chapter of Acts says, But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit. Now, we'll just use just a little bit of the text there, but I want to talk about that whole setting. Now, Whenever we look at this, this is the feast day of Pentecost immediately after the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. Roughly a month and a half afterwards, the feast day of Pentecost, which is on the Jewish calendar every year, it took place on schedule. And every year, a lot of foreigners would be coming to Jerusalem to celebrate. I'm talking about foreign Jews, people who lived in other places in the world. They made their way to Jerusalem. And uh, when they are there, this event that we're reading about here today took place. Now, let me remind you, verse 4 said that there was a speaking with other tongues. And I'll address that in just a moment. But let me remind you that this was a miracle event. Because of the filling, God gave them this gift of speaking with, quote, tongues, and uh, yet there were other miracles. There was two others. Verse 2 says, There was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all of the house. And then verse 3 says, There were cloven tongues like as of fire. So we have three miracles. Now let me just remind you, that uh, those who claim the third of those, the tongue speaking in uh, 2023, in the 21st century, those same folks 
uh, do not address the other two miracles. Uh, These miracles are one-time events, and they came about because of the special situation that the Lord had here. And uh, basically, with all of these foreign Jews in town for the feast day, it's an excellent time to communicate the gospel to them, and that's exactly what happened here. And notice verse 4 says about the Jerusalem church. Remember, we had 120 members, according to chapter 1, already On the day of Pentecost, when the sun came up that morning, there was 120 members of the Jerusalem church, and verse 4 says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. All 120 of them were filled. Not one here and there, not one uh, at 6 a.m. and some more at 7 a.m., none of that. There was no seeking for this, and there were no exclusions to it. Every single one of these members of the Jerusalem church were filled. Now, let me make a distinction here. The word here in the Greek text is the word pleru, and it's not the word for baptism, baptisma, or or baptizo, neither one verb or noun. None of that. This is not the baptism by the Holy Spirit, which 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, makes reference to. Whenever you turn to that passage, it says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now, what that's addressing is when you come to Christ, when you are saved, the Lord places you into the body of Christ. Now, that simply means what that verse says when it says baptized by one spirit. It is an act of the Holy Spirit, and he chose to use the word baptism in regard to that. It's not water baptism we're talking about there, and it's not talking about uh, the uh, filling. This is a one-time event where a person is placed into the body of Christ, and then this filling is something that can happen over and over again in a Christian's life. Now, whenever we look at this, We learn that they were filled, chapter 2, verse 4 says they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they began to speak with other tongues. Now, let's define that. The word in the Greek text is the word glossa. You say, what does that mean? It means a language. It means a real known language. These are not unknown languages. This is not something that nobody ever heard before. These Jerusalem Christians were gifted by the Spirit of God to speak the language of these foreign Jews so that they could hear the gospel. Now, you say, how can you be sure about that? Well, twice, verses 4 and 11, that word glossa is used, and I repeat again, it's a known language. And then in verses 6 and 8, the word language, the word tongue, is the word dialecto. Dialecto. We have a word just like that, dialect. And so it is very, very definitely defined here that these are known languages, not unknown, and this is not some gibberish. This is not just somebody putting syllables together and making up sounds. And furthermore, this is not a prayer language. Sometimes we hear people say, well, it's a prayer language. It's me talking to God and only he understands it. Well, that doesn't fly. It is not biblical. It does not work if you embrace what the Bible tells you. So what we have here is a miracle of God equipping the 120 members of the Jerusalem church with an ability to speak the languages of these foreign Jews. Now, why did they do that? Why did God equip them like that? It was for the preaching of the gospel. The results of the filling 
was not some frenzy. It was not some coma-like event where somebody fell in the floor and they were unconscious for a few moments. Uh, this is not a worship experience. I'm telling you, it is not a worship experience. It's not something where you are just filled with euphoria and joy, but it is a definite miraculous gifting for the speaking of these languages, and the purpose was for the preaching of the gospel. Now, let me remind you that that gospel which they were preaching, verse 21 of chapter 2, tells us very clearly then that it came to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is what they were preaching with these languages that they had been gifted uh, to use. Uh, Verse 32 adds to that when it says, This Jesus hath God raised up whereof we all are witnesses. And there's an extended section there in chapter 2 talking about the death of Christ and talking about the resurrection and making that message clear. And then finally, it is summed up in verse 36 when he says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. So that message is the message that they were getting out. And it is important that we make that emphasis. Now, verse 40 says many other words were used in the process of communicating this. So they are communicating the message that these foreign Jews need to hear. And many of them came under conviction. Verse 37 says, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? So they're asking a very, very pointed question about how they should respond to this, and they're going to get a very pointed answer. Now, Verse 38 is a passage that sometimes gets contorted in the wrong way, and uh, I want to take some time on Monday to address that. But uh, for the moment, we're just going to step over that one because I want to take plenty of time on Monday to explain that passage that a lot of folks get crossways on and uh, just simply say for the moment that there were 3,000 converts on this one day. 120 members at the start of the day, and by the end of the day, they had 3,000 converts. Now, many of them are going to leave when the feast day is over. They're going to go back home. They're going back saved. They're going back excited. They're going back to tell the story that they have heard, and consequently, many, many people in other places are going to get the gospel very quickly. Now, we learn also that uh, this all Uh, continued, verse 46 says, daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. And uh, the Lord just kept adding to the church. So all of this is just going about the business of the gospel, the business that is the great mission of every New Testament church. But what we have here on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 is a one-time event, and it has not happened ever again exactly this way. Now, remember, 1 Corinthians 13 says that tongues shall cease. I mean, it is plain as day in English and in the Greek text. The Bible says it, that tongues shall cease. Now, I just want to remind you that uh, the Lord did this one time, and that is the one time that it worked the way that he wanted it to work, and it did work successfully. And uh, let me also say, I have a book I wrote several years ago that I entitled The Tongue's Tangle, and it deals with everything the Bible says, including 
uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, going through the details of that, correcting that carnal Corinthian church who were trying to replicate what happened on the day of Pentecost, and they were messing it up. They were not getting things right. And uh, if you are interested in that, go to the S.W.O.R.D. website, and uh, you'll find the book there. So-called tongues-speaking groups, dear friends. They send their missionaries to language school, and they do that because these tongues of the 21st century that people claim to have do not work whenever they go to foreign countries and try to preach the gospel. You say, what's the deal here? Our purpose in literally looking at this and laying it out clearly, our purpose in being plain is uh, simply to get the truth on the table. You know, sometimes people think their experience is the truth. Well, experience is one thing, and truth may align with it, and uh, that experience may align with truth, but whatever the case, experience cannot trump truth. Truth must always trump experience. Now, all of us should be filled. We ought to seek again and again to have the filling of the Spirit of God and have the power of God that enables us to be His witness and to preach the gospel. Now, I've gone over this very quickly today, and I hope I've helped you with it. And uh, if there are things that I can help you with, I'm glad to do it, of course. We simply want to get at the truth and nail it down. And I trust this has helped today. I trust that it will. And listen, I love to hear from you, so write me a note sometime soon. Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, we look forward to being back here Monday. And, uh, of course, again, let me remind you, go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and we'll see you right here Monday. God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and a great weekend. Goodbye for now.